Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. and auditing classes from colleges and seminaries and listening to presentations and stuff like that. Um, A lot of the stuff is what most people would consider mind-numbingly boring. But for me, it takes. One such class is actually Great Courses class. Uh, That's a series that you can find in most uh, bookstores like Barnes & Noble the Great Courses series, and they have all different kinds of subjects, but this was on, get this, the Black Death. <laughs> so so you might be thinking, mm, ooh, L.A., what's up with you? Uh, you're listening to a series on the Black Death. Well, oddly enough, a very, very, very good teacher, Dr. Armstrong, but... And, by the way, I would highly recommend the series just for your information. Part of that is research for me for books that I do. But also, one of the key things that I like to look at, especially with really bad events... And when I say really bad events, I'm talking like worldwide events. Uh, The Black Death, uh, the plague, yes, that was a worldwide event pretty much. I mean, it's like all over Europe and so forth and happened in China and other places. But we're going to, for all practical purposes, call that a world-changing event Uh, just due to the fact that, oh, gee, some places 80% mortality rate. So anyway... Uh, you know, World War One, worldwide event. Uh, supposedly the war to end all wars, right? Then World War Two came along, and uh, and you have these successions of things. But since we are in the midst of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, I guess it was a apropos time, an appropriate time for them to pull that out. And what was interesting and what I learned is that one thing that really kind of stumped people uh, during that time, and we're talking in the mid-14th century, okay, like 1356, somewhere in there, you're talking about uh, this plague that literally comes through and just wipes people out. I mean, it'll come in and just kill everyone, 80% of a town. And now we have medications that take care of that stuff. But the issue back then was they found it interesting that there were several 
reactions that the clergy had. And you have to remember, at this point, there was probably only one church, and that was the Catholic Church, and that was it. I mean, it was the church. So, uh, you would listen to the church and the Pope, and uh, they would tell you kind of how God viewed things. At that juncture, uh, at that point in history, wasn't a lot of Bibles floating around. They all had to be done by hand, and they were ghastly expensive. So, here's the thing. The clergy at that point had three kinds of reactions, pretty much. Number one, they'd flat just quit doing their job. I mean, they would, like... I mean, it was a thing to do last rites when someone was dying and give them comfort. Uh, and the, the they had uh, clergy that were saying, uh, n- no, pass, hard pass. And they wouldn't do it. Well, as you can imagine, that did not sit well with the people at all. So another thing was uh, the clergy would uh, run off and uh, pretty much just trip and abandon their post and go beaten feet out into the wilderness somewhere alone so they wouldn't catch the plague, right? And then there were the people that actually did their job. And, as you can imagine, they paid for it. Uh, It was a sacrifice. I think they got buku of credit from God on that account. Uh, I mean, they were there taking care of the poor, and they were dying with them. A lot of them would get the plague as well and die. Uh, So, these three things were things that kind of people were like noticing, all right? The other thing that people were noticing is that see at that point in time the church had told everybody we are Jesus's representatives on the planet we are it if you want grace and you want to get to heaven this is the only way and then all of a sudden the people noticed you know those priests and bishops and everybody else they're dying just as fast as we are I would think someone that was really in tight with God would be able to, um, you know, avoid some of that. You know, or at least not get it as bad. But no. No, many of the clergy were curled up in corners crying for their mothers and dying, just like everybody else. And so the people noticed that too. Now, another interesting thing is, is because all these clergy just, like, vacated, I mean, you know, to the tune of 80% some places, were just all of these vacated positions, uh, the church started putting people that really didn't know anything in those positions. I mean, you know, they say, hey, how do you feel about God? Oh, I like God. Okay, you're a priest now. 
and we're going to uh, give you a, a place to live and a stipend, uh, you know, to live on and all that fun stuff. And, you know, some of these people were just plain old D farmers, man. They'd been digging in the dirt and rock. And uh, they said, well, you know something? This sounds like a heck of a lot better job than I had before. So, uh, yeah, I'll give that a shot. A lot of these people didn't even know how to read. And much less know any of the training, quote-unquote, that you were supposed to have to be a clergy person. Now, why do I say all that jazz? I say all that jazz because, you know, it feels that way now, in some ways. Um, not that, not so much the abandonment, it's just that it, you have a, a lot of clergy that don't either connect with the people because they're so deep in their book, they can't get their, their head out of it. You know, they're in, 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 by the way, I'm advocating studying Bible study. I mean, I hope you know that. But here's the thing Bible study is supposed to make you a better individual doing the ministry that you're doing. That's why you study. You, you study to get, to honor God and to get closer to Him. You get closer to God, you're better around other people. Now, interesting thought, but that's how it's supposed to work. Uh, so you either have somebody who's so steeped in their books, see, they don't get out and even you know look at a homeless person ever, or you get someone who basically, well, I ain't no good at that dear book learning, so I'm just going to just just use my here. My here Bible, and I'm just going to use what, what I think God wants me to say. Well, that's great, Ex unless you're saying a bunch of stuff that is absolutely not supported by the Bible. That's the danger of so-called immediate inspiration that people get. Yeah, I got a word of knowledge from God. Well, that's great. But if it's against the word of God, your word of knowledge is garbage. Because, basically, if whatever revelation you get doesn't line up with the, with the Word of God, uh, you could say anything. I mean, and people have. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's how people end up drinking poison Kool-Aid. I mean, for real. Uh, you know. So... And by that, I mean, that's a reference to Jim Jones. Some of you don't know who that is. And uh, he was very, very uh, started, very charismatic biblical teacher. And then he went, whoo, boy, did he go off the reservation. And then he went to Mexico, I think, and then took a whole bunch of people with him, and they all drank Kool-Aid and killed themselves. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, okay, so, so L.A. went a little dark on me. Well, I'm just saying, that's why things have to line up with the Word of God. You have to know the Word of God. That's why Bible study, prayer Bible study, and outreach are the cornerstones. They're the three uh, legs on the stool. And if you take any one of those out, you fall on the floor.
So, the issue seems to be, you know, what we're really looking for, and I've mentioned this before, is balance. Balance. And if you want an example of balance, Jesus is a beautiful example of balance. Because not only did he teach, not only was he a scholar, and he knew the word, I mean, implicitly. Not only was he an amazing rabbi and teacher, not only was he the son of God, not only was he God, not only did he do the uh, the, the sacrificial self-atoning, okay? He did all these things. But he connected to people. You see him doing that on a regular basis. And he was trying to teach, no matter what happened. He was trying to teach people that were even unteachable. I mean, he, he ran into the Sadducees at one point. And he told them, you don't know the word of God or the spirit of God. Basically, he said, look, you guys are a bunch of pagans, man. You guys don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. And uh, and by the way, they understood that he was saying that. And they didn't take that very lightly. But here's the thing. When we come out of the other side of this pandemic, I wonder what we're going to find. Are we going to find ministers that have just abandoned their post? I mean, just flat abandon their posts. I am not going out with and, and, and trying to minister to anybody, period. It ain't happening. Are we going to find ministers that have just flat run off? You know, and sequestered themselves in, in, in a little cabin in the middle of nowhere. You know, and then they're ministering to the wilderness, I guess. Or are we going to find the ministers that have tried to minister as best they could with what they have, regardless of the self-sacrifice, saying, I'm going to try to minister to my people however I can. And I'm not saying they have to throw themselves on the on their swords, because, I mean, those ministers in the Black Death, I mean, man, listen... They knew it. They they knew it. They knew it was a death sentence, and they did it anyway. But that's the kind of attitude: is I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can to minister to anyone I possibly can. That's what I'm hoping we see when we come out of the other side of this. So there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of lessons to be had looking into history looking into history thank god we have antibiotics that can take care of the black plague so that's not necessarily an issue anymore but new stuff comes up like we've got now so and i'm sure later They'll probably have something you can buy at your local store right off the shelf that'll take care of this stuff. But, until then, 
let's try to minister to each other. And, by the way, don't leave all the ministry to the ministers. <laughs> Everybody's a minister. You don't have to have a certificate on a wall to be a minister. If you believe in Jesus, if you belong to the Lord God Almighty in Jesus' name, look, you are a minister. You are a minister. So, help. You know, the, the quote-unquote professional ministers are supposed to be equipping you to do your ministry. And, you, and the church's ministry is to be helping each other and reaching out to the community. So with that in mind, I want to encourage you to look at history. History's got some cool stuff. Yeah, it can be really, really mind-boggling, boring, like watching paint dry sometimes. But other times, it's pretty freaking exciting. So, check it out. See what you think. And don't forget to keep on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.